Hello everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Tangents with Toby. My name is Toby. I thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Alright, so just in case you're new to the show or new to the what's going on. Basically, I have a lot of, you know, tangents that I like to go on. Top fives, daily mail news, even question call. So every week could be the same, every week could be different, just depending on how everything goes. Let's get the party started. So today, what we're going to be doing for topic-wise, we are going to be doing the top five favorite rap artists. And with this top five, it's usually my favorite things. Like my favorite, favorite, (laughs) my favorite top five movies, video games, my choice in top five worst video games, movies, etc, etc. So this week, I have decided to go my top five 90s rap artists. With this particular topic, it was brought to my attention probably about two weeks ago when a website posted the top 25 rap artists on this list. So I'm thinking, you know, solo artists. Because usually if you have solo artists, you say solo artist groups, you have groups. But this one had a combination of both, which kind of pissed me off. Because somebody who was number seven should have been number four. But of course, in between that, there would have been rap groups, etc., etc. So there was a lot of confusion between the rankings of the artist because of the groups that were involved within this article. And to me, I really don't believe that it should have been that way. So last week when I did the final episode of the Blitz Morning Show, I did my top five favorite groups. They were Onyx, Redman, Method Man. Because when they're together, they're absolute genius. Wu-Tang Clan, Cypress Hill, as well as Tribe Called Quest. So this week, we are going to go with my favorite top five rap artists. In no particular order, first up on the market, Notorious B.I.G. Of course, you have the East Coast, the West Coast battles back in the day, mid-90s. You had Tupac, you had Notorious going back and forth trying to grab the champion of the game, the rap game, the East versus West. And... Of course, you're going to be split. You're going to like one. You're going to be like the other. Meanwhile, there's times where you're going to like both of them. But, you know, I have no issue. It's your opinion. It's your own taste in music. My personal favorite is actually Notorious B.I.G. It's just not because of his lyrics. Well, I guess it is part of his lyrics, his storytelling. But this man was a bigger man, when he went on stage, he gave it 110%. There was a documentary that I did watch, and uh, P. Diddy, he pops up, and he goes, 
before the show starts, Notorious B.I.G. changed shirts. Then by the end of the show, he must have lost at least 10, 20 pounds of just sweat alone. His shirt was drenched, his pants were drenched, everything was drenched with sweat. Despite being a big man, he always gave his shows, his songs, his performance 110%. When he went out there, he wanted to perform for the people who came there and actually paid to see him. I have no issue with that. The showmanship has been absolutely awesome. And... It just shows that there are some guys who don't care. They'll just go out and kick some ass. But then you go back into his library and you actually listen to what he has to write. When the first album, it was about his life back in that particular day. The struggles just how he grew up, when he grew up. I'm, try, I'm trying to word it properly. Like, the, basically the struggles with his life, the street, uh, his family. Then the second album, when it came out, he told Puff Daddy he didn't want to write what he wrote in the first one because his life's changed that much. So what he did is instead of talking about the struggles he talked about the joys of money being a pimp well not like actual pimp pimp but being famous having money the luxury now that right there you have to give him credit he could have kept beating the box with what he did at the start but instead he switched it around talked about what he had when the second album came around, which was money, fame, fans. It's quite well. Alright. Next guy up on my list is Method Man. This guy's lyrical mark in the rap game is actually quite well. His voice, his flow, his rhymes... And what he has did as not only an artist, but other things as well, it just was massive. Because he's done solo work, he's done things with the Wu-Tang Clan, Redman, even Limp Biscuit back in the 90s. He's opened so many doors as well as has iconic things like the toothbrush sticking out of his hat it's when you start listening to the music and like when I mean listen I mean listen to the flow the beat the rhymes it's absolutely beautiful there's no doubt about what he has done and created for himself and the people around him it's Unbelievable, and being from the East Coast as well, this man has made a mark on rap like hardcore, like, there's no doubt about it. 
he's very in my group he was very underappreciated but the more I get older and the more I realize what these guys have done and stuff like that god damn he is absolutely awesome and plus besides he can put comedy in some of his works as well okay next up stick with the east coast sticky fingers he is a part of the rap group onyx he's one of the most original sounding rap artists out there there are people who've tried to imitate what the grimy sound that sticky has produced but when you hear his voice first thing that pops into your head isn't the fact it's sticky fingers you're thinking onyx he's been in the rap game since the early 90s and he's a cousins with Fredro Starr which got him into Onyx he's been in movies TV shows he's changed the rap game he's even did insane things like bring guns into concerts firing them in the air because of one of their songs he's did musicals like this guy is so talented inside and outside of the rap game but yet people really don't uh, give him the appreciation that he deserves like some of the verses he has <laughs> kind of interesting and the one rap verse that almost got me in trouble I downloaded it from onyxdomain.com and it basically was him in a little clip at the very start just him no instrumental nothing like that and what he did was he plain blunt and said I'm gonna beat you in the back of the head with the pistol until you turn into a vegetable well of course I had my stereo crank that was playing turned looked to my right and there was a little old lady looking at me with her mouth basically down to her ankles and it's like Oh, crap. So I slowly roll up the window and just drove off. So that right there, a little harsh, but brilliant. The other brilliant part about um, his lyrical content is another verse that he has in one of his songs. I got 12 inches, I'm well hung, nine on my dick, three on my tongue. Unbelievably smart and unbelievably creative on the way he said it. Also with Sticky, he's had done collabs with some of the greatest rap artists out there. Like, he's did it with Eminem and 50 Cent, for example. So it's just... He's mingled with so many guys. It was just unbelievable. But the biggest thing that I like about him is his style, his sound. It's so unique. And nobody wants to copy it. Meanwhile, you have DMX and Jerule having a beef towards each other just because of 
the sound that they have, being so similar. DMX hated Joe Rule, Joe Rule hated DMX, but you know, nobody messes with Sticky, just plain and simple. He may even knock your crooked eye straight, he'll hit you so hard. <laughs> uh, uh, next, on the platform. Alright, I'm gonna butcher this. Jiza. Alright. Every. Finding those artists that suit well with you is usually a generational gap. Of course, the kids of today, they're gonna pick the musicians from today. People who had their musical influences from the mid, like in the 2000s, are going to pick arts from t- 2000s. As you can tell with my list, they're mostly from the 90s. Notorious B.I.G., Method Man, Sticky, Jizza, uh, and even the next one after this one, it's his biggest influence was back in the 90s. But if you go and take a look at the brilliance of Jizza's lyrical literature, literature, it is quite amazing. It's beautiful. And he is also one of the founding members of the Wu-Tang Clan. There was an interview, I think it was with Redman, who said if the Wu-Tang Clan were to form Voltron, Jizza would have been the head just because of how smart he is and how lyrically gifted he was. For some odd reason, I don't exactly know where I read it. I thought I read it on Wikipedia, but I didn't find it. But I swore he went to school to help increase his rhymes in his uh, verbal line just to become better at the rap game. But just go back... One of my most favorite songs from him is Breaker Breaker. Just because of the time it came out to how I was hanging out with like uh, my friends back in the day. But Jizza, he's very underrated. Anybody who's been in the 90s, who followed Wu-Tang Clan, who actually understands everything like that will know what I'm what I'm trying to get to and where I'm going with it. Kids of today, they won't recognize true greatness if they're not popular on the radio, on the billboards, things like that. It absolutely sucks. My last 
comparison on my top five <clears throat> 90s rap artists. Really? I'm an idiot. Oh, well, whatever. Most people know that anyways. <laughs> um, is Zach Delaroca from Rage Against the Machine. I really never thought too much of Zach when I was listening to the music. I just thought he was another uh, rock uh, person. Until somebody mentioned he wasn't singing, he was rapping. So when you listen to some of the cuts with no music, he is actually a rapper, and damn, god dang, he is good. The messages he puts behind his songs, and that's one thing about Rage Against the Machine that kind of helped push him a little bit farther was the message that these guys were um, doing. But the reason why I picked Zach over another person, which I could have said LL Cool J, one of the greatest rappers of all time, I picked Zach just because, for one, he's a white rapper, and two, most people don't even consider him to be a rapper, they can consider him to be a singer just because of the rap group he's a part of. Which, it sucks, he needs to get recognized a lot more for his lyrical brilliance about talking with issues within the society, aka the politics, the police, and just life in general. It is absolutely amazing what he, as an artist, has done in the 90s. And it's just sad that Rage Against Machine was coming back this year to play across the whole entire world for a tour with the actual band. And it was cancelled because of coronavirus. It sucks. But it, but with Zach, I had to bring his brilliance, his work, his masterpieces to the forefront away from Rage Against the Machine. Because, like I said before in my little tangent, he doesn't get the credit as much as what the band does. Like, the band gets all the credit. Zach, of course, he's the lead singer. No, he's not the lead singer. He's the lead rapper. You have to recognize what he does as the rapper, the singer. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Alright, okay. I'm done with my tangent <laughs> on that one. Because that one really can get people high rated because is he a singer or is he a rapper? And most, it's a 50-50 split. Anybody who actually sits down will consider him to be a singer because of the group. But he is technically a rapper in a rock group, so rap rock. But of 
of course, nobody kind of looks past that. <laughs> all right. If you're going to get pissed off at that part, all right, the final catch with the show is going to be LL Cool J. I know I should have put him where Zach was, but with Zach and what he has done, even at the time when they first came out with their debut album, their music is still good today. You put it on the radio, it almost sounds like it should be on the charts. But with LL Cool J, this guy, not only is he talented by playing people, or of course playing people, what else do you think actors and actresses do? But he's a TV actor, he's a movie actor, he's a rapper, he's ladies loving cool James. <clears throat> he's had multiple, multiple albums with multiple, multiple hits. His rapping skills can go from nice, smooth, sexual, lip-licking, ladies-loving, to mama wanna, mama says knock you out, hardcore, hip-hop. He's not afraid to change how he feels in his songs. It's just unbelievable. And if it wasn't for... I think it was his grandpa who got him the DJ kit. LL would have never been here because he actually asked for a dirt bike. And of course his grandpa was basically like, No, no, Shunny, you're going to get this. So that's how his rap career started. Was he wanted a mo motorbike, but instead got a turntable which got him into rap and got him into the career he has when he was signed they the people who signed him thought he was in his early 20s but when they actually went and met him it, they were blown away because he was nothing more than a 16 year old kid rapping sounding big sounding like nothing I mean nothing in the terms it just caught everybody off guard so you know LL he's been at it since the 80s he's been through it in the 90s I think he even had an album in the 2000s and it was a huge deal when he made his last album off of Def Jam but you know, when you have the talent like he does, being a host, being an actor, looking as good as you do, having a heart as big as you do, LL Cool J is the GOAT of all time. But he made most of his mark in the 90s. You should go listen to some of his stuff. It will blow your mind, like literally blow your mind. All right, you guys, that is the end of the show for today. This is Tangents with Toby. This is my very first episode with this show. Hopefully you listen to the pilot episode to get the feel of what happened and why I decided new show 
same host idea. It explains it really quite well. If you have any questions or comments, email me at tangentswithtoby at gmail.com. I do have a Facebook page. All you need to do is go onto Facebook and type in Tangents with Toby. Give it a follow. When I start getting more people liking it, I will start posting a little bit more. But currently right now, it's just, I'm just kind of, you know, keeping it low a little bit. I'm on Instagram. I'm on it, but I'm not active on it, if that makes any sense. It's just, it's hard to explain. Then on Twitter, I'm on there most of the time. And I think it's Tangents with Toby. I'm not quite sure. Just do a search in Twitter and you'll find it, like it, say hi, and tell me what you think. From there, we can grow, make it big, make it better. Well, I better head off and do my own thing. That is my tangents for the today. I hope you guys like it. And just remember one thing. Life is short. So ride hard. Hoyman, I'm looking at you, buddy.